Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Donut Hour, episode 13. I'm your host, Brad Henshaw. How's everyone doing? All right? Your week going okay? Are you listening to this while eating a donut? Perhaps two donuts. Perhaps some other sort of happy calories. If not, maybe you should. So I work late shift hours, and the other day, as soon as I got home, I ate four donuts, <laughs> four donuts, and then went to sleep. And when I woke up, I felt like I had one of the worst hangovers of my life. My happy calories betrayed me. But that's okay. Dave Matthews once said that a hangover is just the reminder of a good time had. I don't know. Maybe I should just uh, practice more self-restraint. Or maybe next time I should just shoot for five. I think that's what I'll do instead. So where do I get my donuts? Well, I get my donuts from Jack's Donuts, of course. Are they a sponsor? No, they're not a sponsor, but I love their donuts, and I'm going to keep plugging them until I get the CEO on the podcast, and then I'm going to continue to plug Jack's Donuts because I love them. So anyway, on the show today is comedian Dwight Simmons. I have known Dwight for years, but I've never really had a conversation with him. It's always been in uh, just real brief and passing uh, at shows, and I've not done stand-up um, a whole lot in the past few years, so I, I haven't uh, seen him a lot. But, uh, in my opinion, when it comes to comedians from Indianapolis, uh, I've always thought that he's one of the best. Uh, Down-to-earth, really cool guy, really kind, and absolutely hilarious. It's, it's really cool to watch him uh, just do his thing and continue to grow. He's got an album out um, that he released a little while ago called Sip and Pass, and we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit later. That can be found wherever you download your stream, your audio. And he also has a channel on YouTube called BrewTube Comedy, where he goes and speaks to local brewers uh, about their process. And he does uh, the stand-up comedy with local comedians at the brewery. And this, uh, the ones that I've seen are at uh, Louisville, Pittsburgh, and then he does one here in Indianapolis. Really cool. Please check it out. I had a really good time chatting with him, and I hope you enjoy the conversation with comedian Dwight Simmons. sitting here at my dining room table with comedian Dwight Simmons. Buddy, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, of course, man. And, thanks and for being here. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. Just adjust these levels just a little bit here. Right. So, yeah, I just want to get to get to know you a little bit more because I've known you for years. Yeah. I've known you for years through through comedy, and I've been this I kind of show up and then I go away for a little bit and right. show up and go away for a little bit. Uh, but I've never really had an opportunity to sit down and talk to you. Yeah. I've never really, seen yeah. you around and like, obviously we know each other, but right. Yeah, right. The, uh, the full dive in, right. get to know who Brad Hinshaw is, hasn't happened yet. So, so I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah. I've always, uh, um, man, I, uh, I don't. I don't want to embarrass you. So if, if I do, I'm sorry. But I've always admired you. I've always really enjoyed your comedy. Thank you. Uh, from, I appreciate that. From the, from the beginning, and I'm like, this dude is so damn talented. And I appreciate uh, that. Man. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, oh, that's never embarrassing. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so where you, where were you born, man? Uh, I was born in Indianapolis, and then we moved to uh, Philadelphia when I was like three, and then moved back after my biological mom and my dad separated. When so, I was like five, moved back to Indiana. Do you have any uh, recollection or memory of that at all? Not at all. all. No. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't get my Fresh Prince story <laughs> per se, but yeah, I, uh, I don't really remember uh, them separating. 
yeah. you know, I, I don't have those memories. Sure. But, uh, you know, I remember being back in Indianapolis. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. It probably picks up around seven or eight. Yeah. Like in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah. Having, yeah. yeah. Like, so, like reliable memories. Uh, sure, yeah. sure, sure. What's very telling, what's not. <laughs> right, right, right. Where did you uh, where did you end up going to school? I went to so I went to IPS, uh, Indianapolis Public Schools up until the sixth grade. Yeah. And yeah. then we moved to Carmel. My dad got a uh pay raise at his new job. He was a chef, uh, and he worked at Kona Jack's right there on ninety sixth and Meridian. Oh, nice. So yeah. Uh, he became executive chef, so we moved to Carmel and, uh, you know, did that whole culture shock thing for a few years. I can so. imagine. So, <laughs> so where, because I went to IPS too. So oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. What, um, what IPS school did you go to? We went to school 15. Where was that at? That was right off of like Michigan. Okay. Uh, on the east side. Okay. Like if we didn't move, I would have gone to Tech, Arlington. Tech. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. yeah. I went to school 85, which is pretty okay. much Washington and Arlington. Right. Uh, just south of. And now it's, uh, the building is still there, but I think it's uh, like an office building or yeah, something. Yeah. I it's don't not. think school 15 exists mm-hmm. anymore. No. Not by that name anyway. Wow. Yeah. And then, so... Uh, we moved around a little bit. I remember school 106 for a year. I couldn't tell you where it was. Okay. Uh, it might have been around third grade or something, but yeah, fifth grade was my last year of IPS, which is which uh, is it's just a big jump, you know. So so yeah, IPS East Side of Indianapolis to, yeah. to Carmel, yeah, and that is yeah. for anybody. It's uh, quite it was the a lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. So well, what know. do you mean by so what what was it, what was it difficult for you? What was what was the transition? Um, I like? just didn't. I honestly didn't know how like white people lived. Yeah. Uh, like, I didn't have any idea of what like a middle class neighborhood was because mm-hmm. we, you know, we always mm-hmm. lived in the hood. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, I remember one of my first thoughts were, "It's like, do these people watch TV? What do they do?" Like, <laughs> it's just like normal <laughs> stuff like that. Going in the sixth grade, I don't know if it was fear, um, outside of the fear of you know, when any kid moves to a new environment, you you always have the apprehension and uh that type of fear but um uh, the the racial stuff didn't you know play that big of a factor until i was a little older and then how old were you when that was becoming an issue uh, probably into you know when kids start to really realize that there's a difference yeah um probably eighth grade in the high school you know, kids get into South Park and start to get jokes and stuff yeah. like that. You're yeah. pulling references from. Yeah. So. And th- um, and then so and then it's Carmel High School. Yeah. Uh, from there. Okay. Yep, Carmel High School. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, yeah, I always had a sense of race as I watched comedy at a young age, and you know, BT, uh, Comic View, you know, that's most of that stuff was just it was all race based comedy. Sure. Um, and, you know, my, some of my favorite comics were, I was probably too young, but like Eddie Murphy and yeah. Bernie Mac. And, yeah. You know, white people do this, black people do this. And so I think I was hyper aware, um, but not in a negative sense, just in a, uh, it's a, it's a sense where you feel alone because you don't think anyone is understanding where you're coming from. Like they don't understand your perspective. 
Sure. That can be a lonely place. Yeah, I, I bet. Yeah. I bet. And and then what you're you're seeing these people that I, I would imagine ultimately become your influences because you're watching them at an early age and, yeah. and they're talking about stuff that even you can relate to at right. such an early age. Sorry, right. I'm trying to get this f- feedback away from us. No problem. So you're watching these uh, these comics. What is, is there something that clicks and in your mind saying this is something that I want to do or something I want to try at um, a certain point? I think I was just watching as a super fan for the longest time. Uh-huh. And then it was just, you know, uh, I don't think I had the uh, feel to like want to go do comedy and write my own stuff until college. Okay. Um, you know, I do remember telling friends in high school that I think I could just be a comic, but, you know, in a joking way. In the way that I can recite hundreds of comics, sure. other jokes, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? So be a funny person. I didn't know what being a comic meant, you know. So when when you were in school then at Carmel, did did you do any uh, sort of uh, performing arts? or? Uh, I did. I did theater. I even did a talent show where nice. I did uh, stand-up. Uh, that was my first time telling jokes on stage. What was that experience like? It was... Um, horrifying (laughs) it was well i wasn't even like i said i wasn't even aware of what doing comedy was so especially being a dumb kid in high school i was just i didn't prepare at all okay so by the time the night came around i didn't have any jokes Mm. so i just Mm. did like five minutes of uh clean Eddie Murphy jokes, <laughs> which aren't that funny. <laughs> One, if you're not Eddie Murphy, and two, if they're just, <laughs> you take out the funny right. parts and the funny words. Right. Um, and uh, Bob Donaldson, do you know who he is? I don't he's know. Like a, he's like a, he's been an anchor, a news anchor for years. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Fox 59, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay, yeah. So he hosted the thing. Oh, my gosh. To let you know the type of, <laughs> the type of shows that, Carmel High School was put. Wow! Yeah, so uh, you know, a couple hundred people in this theater, and I got up there and just, uh, yeah, just recited other people's jokes, and I was like, I think that was, I think that was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. It reminds me of something when I was, uh, I went to Warren Central High School, okay, and I graduated in two thousand one. Yeah, and. not a competitor, but someone who was uh, similar to me in, I guess, acting style, whatever. Because there were, you know, thespian conferences and we'd have competitions. And I wish I could remember this guy's name. Um, but he was at Carmel. Yeah. And I always looked at Carmel like, oh, my gosh, that's the, you know, the mecca of, yeah. of whatever. And then uh, as, as it was time to go to college, I went to college. I was, I was a theater major in college. Okay. How I became, how I went from a theater major to being a police officer. That is, is a beyond jump. Me. I it, mean, it, it, is, it is. It is. It <laughs> that's is. the leap. Um, but I'm struggling to find a, uh, a school to go to. And, yeah. and I ask about, Hey, well, where's such and such going? And they're like, Oh, he's going to Juilliard. Oh yeah. And I'm like, of course he is. Of course this Carmel kid's going to Juilliard. So that's, you got, you got a couple thousand kids in your graduating class. You're going to. Yeah. You're going to land on a few yeah. that are just ungodly talented yeah. and an array and, of different things. And and to his credit, even though in my mind he was given everything because he was a Carmel student, he was yeah. immensely talented, uh, and, and I wish I could remember his damn name. But Yeah. Well, that's a, I like that um, That's a, that's been a um, thing that I've kind of had to 
overcome because caramel does have that stigma yeah of where you're just like oh you've you've got it easier um you have everything handed to you Mm -hmm. on a plate or a platter and it's you know there's levels of everything you know we lived above our means and you know i remember the first time going to a friend's house and seeing a finished basement it blew my mind i was like what the hell is a finished basement (laughs) you got tvs and nintendos down here this is incredible and a ping pong table and so uh yeah there's there's that but it's you know that it's also very true you know the Mm -hmm. stigma there are Mm -hmm. those people and you interact with those people like every single day so yeah yeah i'm just i'm just a dude from the east side of indianapolis and and my early years i i uh, dated a girl from carmel and had that same thing she invited me over to her house uh with to hang out with some friends and her parents were there yeah and I'm like, this is a different world yeah, to me. Exactly. This is, <laughs> right. You know, uh, this is this it's is like, from, what's a what's a patio? Yeah. <laughs> what like the, the hell's a patio? And you have a fire on your patio. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. What's your life? <laughs> and 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 I had a great upbringing, but and and I have, um, you know, and I and I and I'm not trying to, uh, I guess, shame my parents if they're listening or yeah. whatever. It, yeah. it was great, and I and I enjoyed and I enjoyed my upbringing, but holy shit, yeah, when I was there, yeah. Wow. Whole nother level. It, it was. So you, after Carmel High School, uh-huh. where, where did you go? I went to Indiana University, Hoosiers. And what did yeah. you study while you were there? Studied kinesiology and English wow. and martial arts. Martial arts? They had a program where you can get a martial arts certificate that would let you teach martial arts. Wow. Was there a specific uh, focus you had when you were... There wasn't because it wasn't required, which seems ridiculous because it is ridiculous. <laughs> so, like, you can pick, like, seven different things and just take one course. Like, you only had to get a specific amount of credits in martial arts. So, I took, like, Jeet Kune Do and Aikido and wow. Brazilian yeah. and Tai Chi. I took a bunch of Tai Chi. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, you know, they had Shotokan karate and just all this cool stuff. Wow. Yeah. Do you still participate in either? I don't. Still- I, I want to get back into it because it's it's not only is it physically fun, but it's mentally challenging it and draining as yeah. well. So, uh, yeah, I do want to get back into it. But I played like intramural basketball and football and stuff like that. And that's what I do today because it's uh, it's easier to you know, keep up with those skills than it is with, you know, staying a martial artist. Right. And, and, and less likely, but maybe I'm wrong, but less likely opportunity of getting punched in the face. Probably. Yeah. Which is yeah. always, you're uh, not a, you're not getting punches thrown at you. Right. Right. Which isn't, which you is shouldn't never, be <laughs> unless you're playing the nineties pistons or some shit. Like right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dennis Rodman coming at you. Yeah. The, so you're at IU, and then where does uh, and then your stand-up starts to kind of pick up then? Um, so the when I was a s- junior, junior going in my senior year, uh, my first senior year I did five years. Junior going the senior year, mm-hmm. they opened up a place called the Funny Bone, which is now the comedy at it. Yeah. Uh, so they were looking for comics to, you know, fill in the open mics, and I just started going up there, uh, started writing my own stuff at this point. You know, start with write your three minutes of material, you know, and just going from just generally terrible every every week until you start to kind of figure certain things out, certain tricks out and um, how to rewrite mostly. 
and how to be on stage and be comfortable because that's basically, you know, the first four five years is just that just getting in your reps yeah yeah that's all it is yeah, yeah. and what what was the uh, blooming experience bloomington experience like were there other comics like minded comics and, yeah there was um we had a we had a crew that started together um ben bazuna who's mm-hmm. in la now tom takar who's in new york um uh, uh, josh cox who you know still tours around a little bit he was in there joshua murphy He's not doing it anymore. And, uh, you know, Madelano Martin, who started the Limestone Comedy Festival, came a little while later. Right. And John Handcuff, like all these people, uh, kind of, you know, while I was there for the next three years, were always around and trying to figure stuff out. Uh, ben Moore, who had been doing it for a little while, uh, you know, he was the person that people kind of looked up to because at the time he was the funniest person. Because he had been doing it the longest. The longest, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he had stopped drinking, which, you know, <laughs> just clears your head a little bit. Right. So, yeah, he had figured that out. out. <laughs> it's like, hey, I can think in the morning if I'm not groggy for the first seven hours of the day. So That's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, and then so after IU, mm-hmm. and then what, when did you decide, okay, I'm, I'm going after this full time. This is what I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, so graduated. <laughs> Uh, IU, and then what happened was I was like, all right, I'm done with this comedy part of my life. It was a fun hobby while it lasted. Let's go get a real job. Yeah. And uh, I had a girlfriend at the time. We moved to uh, a suburb of Chicago, and I was working the sales job, and uh, I hated it. I bet. Yeah. I was sitting at a desk cold calling Ugh. about material safety data sheets like riveting yeah just the just the most exciting stuff you can think of (laughs) is let's try to sell a janitor on why he should update his chemical list um so yeah just i was miserable there um relationship wasn't great um wasn't happy uh and like this next part just happens real quickly like i lose my i lose my job uh because they are laying people off um, this is 2011, I want to say. Mm-hmm. The, you know, they're laying people off uh, the company. So I lose that job. And then my girlfriend, like a month later, goes to the Dominican and she cheats on me. So uh, I lose that relationship uh, as well. And like I have literally I'm starting back at scratch, probably lower than where I was, you know, after I graduated college. Sure. Uh, so leave Chicago, move back to. Um, Indiana, Indianapolis, and I'm like, well, let's just, I don't have anything to do, so looking for a job, I, you know, start to go to open mics around Indianapolis at Morty's and Crackers, and um, they had one at a, they didn't have many, but I think they had like three a week in Indianapolis Mm -hmm. at the time, Mm -hmm. so I would go to those and just really, there's something about comedy when you're like real low, you can really pull some really good material out and you know uh refocus and that's what i did and ever since then i've you know done it i fell back in love with it and ever since then it's just been uh what i've wanted to do so that's awesome man yeah. that that uh, to take and it's, and it's so cliche and <laughs> and when i hear people say it i'm like, yeah <laughs> but it's true you yeah. just when you hit that rock bottom moment and you need something to, to cling on to Right. And then, um, and it's also cool to hear someone that 
should be doing something anyway. Right. And and goes back to it and does it. Yeah, I I think I think I have a better perspective on it now. Yeah. Because I I appreciate yeah. it more. Yeah, for like, sure. I took those two to three years away from doing it, which I kind of regret because I was in Chicago. But on the other hand, I see people that uh, you know get burnt out and they you know don't appreciate it as much as they once did uh but now i know what what i don't want to go back to is sitting in that cubicle and uh talking to people about the best way to update their acetone oh, data sheet that's you know brutal. I mean? <laughs> that's brutal yeah and it, i mean my rock bottom i hope that's my rock bottom because it's not that bad like my parents didn't you know behead each other in the basement and i'm like hey you guys want to uh hear some sure. <laughs> some sword material <laughs> <laughs> sure sure but i i always tell people as well that that's going through something that you know pain and anxiety and all that it's also yeah. it's all subjective sure you know getting beheaded in the basement's worse than <laughs> sitting in a cubicle and, yeah. and, and selling some nonsense yeah but if you're going through it you're going through it this is true and, and if you're feeling it you're feeling it so that's I think that's admirable that you said, okay, this is um, this is where I'm starting from, and, and I'm and I'm getting back after it. Yeah, and uh, and that's that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, I try to try to remember on that whenever you know things are getting hard or, or just like I'm getting burnt out or I have a run of bad shows or something like that. It's just like, hey, this is this is what you love. Yeah, uh, it'll it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be fine. This is you're doing what you're what you love. So right, right. It can't be that bad. Well, because well, I'm curious. And speaking of pain, because misery yeah. love company. Yeah. Uh, what What are some of the like just the most brutal shows that you've had, or like yeah. weird venues, or yeah, uh, like <laughs> I, don't, I have a love hate with this question. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like tell us about your trauma real quick. It's yeah, like, no, I I get it because as an officer, is, people are like, hey, yeah. tell, tell me something terrible. You, oh, like, just relive this, is, this awful thing. This I just is yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but once again, it's just I did a show for no people because I had to uh, contractually perform, or else the bar owner wouldn't pay me. This was in Salem, Indiana, ah. and uh, so me and another comic just read out of our notebook. And uh, these, they, the bar had taken away the pool table, like the pool balls. So these guys were, who wanted to play pool were getting upset because <laughs> they took away the pool balls for the big comedy show <laughs> that had no people. Uh. Um, and so, you know, they're... <laughs> We started getting heckled from the back. Hey, comedian, what time does the? He goes, what what time's karaoke start or some shit like that? And I'm already just fuming, so I sure. like finally an interaction, and I uh, try to razz this guy and make fun of his camo jacket that doesn't match his camo pants. It's like, how do you have? I can see you, right, like, you right, know what I mean? right, right. Um, so he gets upset, and uh, I get off stage in the. Like some person sitting at the bar is like, "Hey, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have fucked with that guy." And I was like, "Oh God, I am in Salem, Indiana. I forgot <laughs> that I am outnumbered here." <laughs> that was uh, that was a rough drive back uh, uh, home. It's always worse if you have to drive over two hours back, yeah, home because you just have a lot of time to stare at the night sky and I'm wonder what the hell there. am I doing, you know. Uh, I don't really, I don't really have, uh, like terrible show memories. Uh, I think I've been lucky or I just have a different attitude about 
things like that. Uh, I've seen comics have meltdowns on stage, and that's just... Uh, that's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. It's that's never that's about it's never about the crowd. It's never about the comedy. It's, it's <laughs> something that happened at home earlier. Yeah. Like and you didn't deal with it, and now you just now you're on stage. Now you're on stage dealing with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking I was at Flappers in Burbank. Okay. And I'm and I'm just bombing. Yeah. And the crowd's just staring at me, and I'm getting frustrated. Yeah. And, and it's frustrating because uh, you're doing material number four that's done well, and it's just not biting for right. that reason. And I'm also the type that's been taught, you know, you just don't blame the audience if yeah. you're if you're if you're <laughs> if you're sucking. It's on you. That's where I'm at. But I'm getting frustrated, and I'm and I'm doing my setup, and I stop and I look at everybody, yeah. and I'm like, "There's a punchline to this joke, but none of you motherfuckers get to hear it." <laughs> and I put it back up and I walk off stage. The big I'm gonna show you. Yeah, and then that got a laugh. But the person who was running the show, her name is uh, Bobby Oliver. Uh, okay. she, she's great in LA, and she was like, "That was hilarious. Yeah, don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. Yeah. Be a professional. Right." Do your jokes. Get up there. Do your job. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Right. But, but don't do that. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? You're right. I, I won't. I won't ever do that again. Yeah. And yeah. so we yeah. all have those frustrating moments yeah. where you gotta you gotta learn some stuff. Uh, like I had a bad. I had a. I was at a Go Bananas featuring, uh, and just Thursday through Saturday, those six shows were great. And then the show on Sunday was an absolute nightmare like nothing like Mm -hmm. um as soon as i get on stage this lady's like uh already yelling and wooing i'm like goodness here we go and so i'm just like whatever power through last show of the week (laughs) power through and then to just nothing to nothing and i'm wearing a shirt that says hoots on it Mm -hmm. uh it's a brewery Mm -hmm. and uh uh, it's a brewery in uh, Winston-Salem, and this lady in the middle of a setup just goes, what's your shirt mean? <laughs> just in the middle of a setup. I'm like, are you serious right now? And then I'm like, I'm, I'm doing a thing right now. Yeah. You can ask me after the yeah. show. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. What is my shirt? And I never told her. I was like, whatever, whatever. But like, those are just like, I think I'm... I've been doing it long enough. Like I'm going to blame the audience. Like there was no mm-hmm. winning them over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my fault that she was like, "Hey," like she had the attention span of a, you know, woodpecker. Yeah. Like she was yeah. just all Ugh. over the place. Like so shows like that. I mean, I get over them pretty easily. Because uh, I don't know if it's because I've done so many shows that it doesn't affect me as much. Right. Is there is there any sort of um, man? I if don't, it's I don't know. if it's my fault. Then that's gonna take a little while to get over. Yeah. Like I still take those hard. But. Right. Well, wh- whether it is you're not, whether you're, the audience just isn't feeling it, or, or it's your fault, and yeah. you have and you have a bad show. Is is there any sort of ritual or anything that you do afterwards to just to get you over it? And okay, I'm gonna do this, <laughs> yeah. and then move on. Is there anything? Or are you just? Um, it's just how. So you're, like, if it's my fault, like, um, it's I'll just try to make fun of myself. If it's like a big, uh, a big thing, then I'll try to you know, let it sit for, you know, a night and then get over it in the morning. Yeah. There's no need to ruminate on it for more than that. Like, let it sink in. Like, assess what you did. What, why didn't this joke work? Why didn't 
Uh, was your pacing off? Was your timing off? Were you? Did you drink too much? Did you? Were you in a bad mood, or mm-hmm. did you let some other thing affect? Um, and then just you know make note of it and try to be better the next night uh, or the next show. Sometimes you have a bad set on the first show and you got to go do another show. Right. It doesn't. It's not the second audience. Second audience's fault that mm-hmm. you, uh, you know flubbed every line that you said in the first show just go give them a show um that's my ritual like some people will just i've seen people like <laughs> rip up a couch cushion in the green room and toss it and oh like my God. it's going to be okay yeah, like well, everyone well. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's fine yeah. right people came here to laugh it's not that big of a deal right, like right. It, it happens go do it again go try again that's the great thing about comedy is that most of the time they'll let you try again. Yeah, yeah. If For, you weren't a crazy person, if r- you don't r- go ripping full up. Kramer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, they'll probably yeah. let you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that being said, for you, what's your most um, ideal environment for doing comedy? What's, what's the favorite style or club setting mm-hmm. or that, that you enjoy the most yeah. that one you walk into? Uh, I like to, I run a lot of my own shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, my ideal setting to do comedy is a show where I'm not running the show. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to worry about that stress. But yeah, um, yeah th- there's a lot of clubs that do it right. Uh, the Comedy Attic, you know, uh, Go Bananas. Acme, Comedy Corner Underground, just all over the country, um, where, you know, the audience is, everyone's there for the show. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't paper the room, um, which means giving away free tickets. Right. Right. Everyone came to see the show. So everyone's on board and everyone's there. Uh, the energy's good. Uh, you're not getting people that just had nothing else to do on a thursday night and decided to come see uh whatever right that's the thing about comedy it's like the only thing where people will come and not research what they're going to see right like you don't do that to the move at the movies or the theater or concert no just i want to go see music yeah Yeah, yeah, just are you okay cool yeah do you know if you'll like that certain band or do you like there's so many different types of comedy. It's a crapshoot if you're gonna mm-hmm. go see somebody. At least watch a clip or two. Uh, so I like that. I like uh, independent rooms that are run well. That have like regulars that come back and um, you can kind of talk to fans after and be like, uh, "Oh, we come to blah 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 the Chuckle Hut every week." You know, oh, it's awesome. it's it's great, and you can sense when crowds really enjoy comedy Mm -hmm. and that you know it gives you a little bit more freedom to play around with things and uh take your time and you don't have to be you know laugh per minute guy right all the time right so uh yeah i like i like loose fun shows like that uh that's my ideal environment um it's weird too because you know those are typically the ones that uh don't pay as much (laughs) (laughs) and i've I've become, uh, I've started to enjoy getting paid for comedy. <laughs> like I would a, imagine so. It's a big part, but you know, there's yeah, also yeah. the thing where if you're getting paid to do a job, don't go up there and fuck around. Like, go do your job. Yeah, go do it. Yeah. For sure. So, um, you know, there's that where you're always auditioning for, you know, to get brought back. So you have to be, and so I'm learning to have fun in that 
like it's not high pressure, but sort of pressure type. You, you have to deliver. So yeah, you go. You're capable of it. That's why they brought you here. So, because yeah. um, I like to ramble a lot. I like to play around with the audience, and sometimes it doesn't always go well, which is fine. Uh, but not if you're, you know, not if the, you're getting paid to do what, you know, they booked you. Yeah, they booked you off a clip, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. You've done you've done two comedy albums, is that correct? Yes. And yep. and then most recent uh, recently was uh, recorded at the White Rabbit. That's right. Yeah. And and um, so what's what's that process like for? Because I always yeah. see, um, and I wanted to do this, and when I started, it's like, oh, I, I gotta get a comedy album out, and yeah. I'm like, I don't have five minutes worth of solid material. <laughs> what the hell am I doing trying to get a comedy album out? So what what was that process like for with with both both albums getting to that getting to that point? Yeah. And then what did you learn uh, after both processes? Um so with the the first album it was sort of like the same thing uh, that you just said it's you know you get impatient you've been working on material for 6 years and like I'm just uh, let's do an album. Um the the motivation behind both of them was to uh, burn material that I didn't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the most recent one, you know, it, you know, it took probably two and a half, three years to get the material down and tore it and re- get it reworked the way I liked it um, into about, you know, an hour album. And then, you know, it's edited down to about 48 minutes. Um, so the three-year process is just, going on the road and testing and retesting and rewriting and uh, taking stuff out that doesn't need to be there, adding stuff uh, with all these bits. And um, you're never going to get the bit perfect, but you want it as close as perfect and you want it to still feel good when you actually record it. You don't want to, you don't want to be tired of, the material yeah. but when you're recording yeah. it because i think yeah. there's no way to fake past that <laughs> that's uh, true you can't just turn it on if you've been going through the motions for the last or, year and a half right so, so the savvy audience even unsavvy audiences will, will catch that insincerity yeah uh, just like that yeah. yeah 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 so when i had the set down you know i when i had the set down i felt good i booked the date you know six months out so I could it'd give me an extra push to mm-hmm. hit it really hard and mm-hmm. um I booked a like 20 day tour to go around uh, mostly in the south and in the midwest um just 20 days straight to run the run the thing and then uh run the hour and uh recorded it and that was that process it was just a lot of uh, repetition and rewriting and uh, I'm happy with the way it turned out I actually just did a, a remastered one oh. that I'm gonna um, that I'm gonna re-release so I'm excited about what that. are you doing that well we just got through the editing process of that one mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago so you know we haven't put out a release date yet uh, but we're you know putting it on Sirius and it's oh. an actual label on nice. tour records um, Sirius is the only thing I haven't been able to get on, but um, they really liked a lot of the bits I did on this one and self-released it. So now I'm with the record label, and they're gonna 
Uh, wow. Yeah. So. Well, that's fantastic. Well, yeah. That was well, fun. yeah. Well, yeah. and I'm and I'm excited to see because it, it got a huge reaction. Uh, the most recent one you did. You had, yeah. You, was, you've got a fan base, man. It's so cool to it's, see. It's weird. It's weird. It's, yeah. And and people are so I don't supportive. Know what it, I don't know what it means, but it it's, it feels good. It feels. Yeah, like I would that, imagine uh, it does. That album felt good because it's just three years of your life, and you wanted to, you want people to have it, and that's you want people to hear it. So yeah, that's what I wanted, and um, yeah, everyone's real nice and supportive about it, man. It was great, and and it's also because it's not just because you're a good guy, but it's you're you're fucking talented, dude. Yeah, I appreciate so, that. So and it's and it's it was funny. I yeah. uh, I, I listened to it, and oh, it was, and then that's another thing. I'm really bad at telling people. Uh, who I admire that they do a good job. I need I need to start I need <laughs> to start funny. I need to start doing that more. But but it's true. And then it was it was cool to see the reaction. And then someone yeah. like you has a success. Or and then uh, as I watch Brent Terhoon yeah. blow up, and I'm like, man, yeah. this is a, I need to I tell mean, these guys. He's a he's a workaholic. I he love is. that guy. He I is. love that guy. He, yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. And 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 to see people. Um, like you that I've been watching over the years, uh, start to get some traction and get yeah. some and get some momentum. It's really cool to see. Dude. Thank you, it's I appreciate a, it. We're just trying to slowly push that ball up the hill. I don't know what's at the top of the hill, but um, I'm happy uh, where I'm at right now. I just feel like I'm at a spot where I can go work on material in a lot of places around the country, and um, that means a lot to me. So I, I would, yeah. Have, yeah. Yeah. So in, in Indianapolis, how's the comedy scene progressed over the years? I mean, is it? Right. I mean, what, what what is it like now? Because I'm I'm out of the loop. I feel yeah. is, I, I always feel bad um, because I show up out of nowhere sometimes, <laughs> and I'm like I'm gonna do some stage time, and yeah. and the people that I started with. Uh, <laughs> Have moved on, or yeah. they're they're they've got a little bit of success, or they're doing something else. So the people are like I remember Brad, isn't he a narc? Isn't is yeah. he? Yeah, oh, that's funny. I'm like, no, I'm not a narc. <laughs> uh, kind of sting operation yeah. is this? What is this? Yeah, put away your vape pen. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's here. <laughs> so so what's the the indie scene like now? Um. So like I said, when I started, it was Morty's and Crackers, and there were like three. Yeah, I know. There are three open mics a week, um, and you couldn't work both clubs, right? So yeah. you couldn't, yeah. if you open mic'd at one club, you couldn't open mic at the uh, other club. And I actually wrote about yeah, this I remember that. Yeah. Uh, on my blog. It's called Banned, uh, how I got banned from Crackers for working at Morty's. Um, but now there seems to be an open mic pretty much every night. Monday through Thursday, and you can probably get some stage time on an independent show Friday through Sat uh, Friday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now Morty's is gone, Crackers is down to one club, but they just opened up Helium, and the scene really seems to be gravitating toward uh, the new hot chick, if you will. Uh, and it's great. I just worked a weekend there, mm-hmm. and it was great. They Helium's a chain, so they treat mm-hmm. they know how to treat comics. They know how to treat people well. Um, it's run very smoothly. Um, like I got treated like a rock star. Uh, you know, they send a server to the green room and hey, everything okay? You need anything? Like all weekend, it's just like this. Who am I? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? No, I can. I have feet. Yeah, I can I'm, walk I'm to the bar. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. But it's nice, man. They. Uh, uh, I'm excited. There's, uh, I feel like the scene's at a place now because I'm also out of the loop a little bit because I travel so much. So mm-hmm. I'm not always out. 
miking because when I'm home, I want to be home with my girlfriend. Sure. I want to spend time. I don't want to be, I want to be present. Yeah. Um, so the scene now seems to be, excuse me, a lot of really driven younger kids that have been doing it for like three years or less that are still trying to figure it out. But they're running their own shows. They're running their own mics because they have the freedom to do that. And that's how they're, you know, slowly getting better. Uh, and that's exciting to see. I like it. It's a lot of young energy. That is exciting to see. And then and then years ago when other people were doing that, were getting <laughs> penalized for it. Right. And that was such <laughs> horseshit. Such horseshit. Mm-hmm. And then because when I was in L.A. and everybody was – it didn't matter if you were – you know, you could go um, – <clears throat> You'd be at the Laugh Factory, then go down. The Laugh Factory is just, yeah. uh, just a few blocks away from the comedy store. Right. Then you'd, you'd run up to the Ice House in Pasadena. Right. And no one gave a shit. They were just, they, just do your... They do. shouldn't because what happens is the competition drives the scene to be better as a whole. Right. So the more stage time you can get in your own city, yes. the better the whole scene's going to be. Yes. That means that's better hosts for your club. That means it's better features for your club. Uh, it only helps you... If you're a club here and you want the quality of the show to be great. Now, if you don't care about the quality of the show, you just care about um, selling drinks to as many people that stumble into your room as possible, then, of course, you're going to view it as a competition. Right. Um, which isn't isn't what comedy is about I, now. I, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, yeah. Tell me, uh, I guess my listeners, all three of them. Uh, <laughs> I've actually got uh, starting to gain some you. steam, man. No, yeah, I, like I, I, I appreciate Full it, man. Full steam ahead. It, it's it's happening. I'm oh. I'm I'm really happy with uh, where this podcast is leading. I know, man. This is great setup, man. Thank yeah, you, buddy. You deserve it. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Um, but BrewTube comedy, yeah. I uh, um, just uh, watched. I think three or four of them. Recently, one was in Louisville, Pittsburgh, and then the Black Acre. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and here in Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, uh, tell us about BrewTube Comedy. Yeah, so I started this thing. I'm a craft beer person. I love craft beer, yeah. um, but there's no uh, there's no real like process of finding out about it or informing yourself about you know the craft beer industry or what goes into making a good one. What's good versus bad. Other than just going out and trying yeah. and educating yourself. Yeah. I wanted to uh, kind of include the viewer of my web series uh, on that journey. And like other people that might want to get into craft beer but um, don't know anything about it. Like these really cool microbreweries around the country that are doing some really cool stuff run by really cool individuals. And after I started doing that, I saw a link between what goes into making beer and what goes into making comedy. And so I thought it'd be really cool to just combine the two into a really cool, uh, fun, you know, web series. And that's what we did with BrewTube. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, you know, travel channel style, talk to owners, patrons, uh, talk to comics and then, there's comedy uh, from comic sets uh, because we throw a comedy show in the actual brewery. Right. And what's cool is that you've got local comedians, too, yeah. from, from wherever you're at, yeah, which that is was, awesome. Uh, yeah, that was the big part of the show that I wanted. And it's like local beer, local comics. Because uh, there's a lot of talent that people living in you know any particular city might not know about. 
So the goal of the show was come to a show. Maybe you'll have a beer that you have never had before that you'll love. And maybe you'll find out about a comic that you haven't heard of or haven't seen. And now that comic might have a new fan or 10 so they can, you know, um, it was really important to me because I, I love the local aspect yeah. of mm-hmm. stand up. I, I, you know, it goes back to living in Indianapolis and just fighting for my own rights for stage time. You yeah. know, so yeah. uh, I love to see people out there hustling. I uh, love to pe- see people out there doing uh, unique and fun material. And, you know, I like to showcase that. So um, it's right now I am reworking it so we can film some more episodes. Uh, but, yeah, we're about to we're about to start a podcast. Thank you, Brad. Uh, <laughs> be uh, getting some tips for your uh, setup you got here. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I just right now I'm trying to get back into what the um, what the vision started as. Uh, because we started to do these live shows, and now we have a monthly show in Chicago and one in Fishers, and we're starting another one downtown Indianapolis. And so, yeah, just kind of expanding a little bit. Yeah, no, just just the setup you have is 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 awesome to see because it's a sense of community. What's what's right. uh, sense of community? What you're just mentioning with the local comedians and then showcasing them. But what yeah. what I found. Um, really fascinating and just kind of like man this is awesome it was specifically uh, black acre yeah. you were talking I, I can't think of the guy's name but you were talking to him and uh, and he's a local there yeah and he was talking about one of the local beers he has and you're like okay well what do you drink when you're having a bad day and he gave yeah. you this uh the name of this uh this beer and man that's just yeah it's just honest and real and right. raw and, yeah. and 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 it talks about uh, the community aspect of of that brewery and what right. it means to the local community yeah and it gives them a platform to talk about and to showcase their right. their product so there, there's so much going on uh and just uh you know yeah. a video i know and, it's and, fun and, it's... And, 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 and yeah and it was fun to watch yeah. i was Cracking up, it's, it's great, and and I and I hope that you do. I hope you get an opportunity to continue to, to film it, and yeah, and me I, too, man. I, I had a lot I, of that's the, that's the goal right now. Yeah, that's my next. Now that the album's done, I'm gonna jump back into this thing full time. So um, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm gonna make it. You know, it's a little bit easier for me to travel, um, just because of whatever. Uh, credits i've gotten over the last two years since i've started it mm-hmm. uh people know who i am a little bit more in both the beer industry and the That's comedy so cool. community yeah. so it's a little easier for me to get into places and travel and put things together so i'm really hoping to uh go full force at it well i'm, I'm excited to see it man yeah, i'm right excited on. to watch and yeah. then i will i will push whatever you've got coming out and <laughs> i appreciate then, it man. Is that, are you going to be in indianapolis or performing anywhere anytime soon or um yeah so we're starting a monthly show at two deep brewing yes uh, right downtown yes. i'm real excited about that um and that will be the last saturday of every month so the next one will be the 29th of this month june um and then we'll do that for at least six months we'll see how it goes and then if you know if everyone loves it and it becomes a thing then we'll keep doing it so um i'm excited i love that space and i'm excited to get this off the ground uh, we just got sponsored by anytime fitness which yes. is a which is a cool thing uh <laughs> i try to work out a little bit because i do drink a lot of beer you got to get those 
calories off. Uh, so I'm excited about the Anytime Fitness thing. And we're also working with Brouhaha. Yes. Yeah. Uh, August 3rd. Or, you know, we're doing two separate showcases for um, uh, the beer festival. So we'll do like quick 45 minute pop-up shows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where people can keep drinking but they're like oh there's where the haha part comes right in. right so, right yeah so we'll have local comics on that as well and i'm hoping that we can kind of film that we're just trying to work on logistics but that would be really cool to showcase as well that would be awesome yeah that would be awesome and then where can people find you on social media so uh instagram i use a lot um uh my personal account is at unwell spoken um and then at BrewTube Comedy mm-hmm. for the BrewTube account. Uh, and then also Facebook, BrewTube Comedy. And then I just have a Facebook page called Dwight Simmons uh, that you can go give a like to. And oh, nice. I would greatly appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, go do that. Go yeah, do that. I would, I would love it. So. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you, you coming over and, and, and talking yeah, with man. me. And I've, I've enjoyed this. I know it's been short, but... Uh, I've had, I had a great time. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, buddy. All right. Right on. Hey, listen. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the views or policies of any agency, organization, or employer. Please don't fire me. Thanks again for listening.